Hello, everybody. It's mainly Mandy here. Now, I think most of our regular listeners know that this podcast comes with a pretty general uh, viewer discretion or listener discretion advice as we are talking about a number of subjects that people may find disturbing since we are discussing terrible dead people and the things that they did. This one in particular comes with a content warning for incest and sexual assault. So, you know, if you want to skip those subjects, maybe don't listen to this one. Maybe go listen to a different one. Uh, maybe listen to the Action Park Land one or something, you know, something so lighter, perhaps. <laughs> anyway, take care of yourselves and for everybody else. Let's get into the episode. Welcome back to Respect the Dead, the podcast where we don't. Study. It's no surprise that everyone celebrated your demise and now worms are eating your eyes. So don't you worry your rotting head as you sleep in your sodden bed. It's time to respect the dead. Uh, hi, I'm Hoots. I'm Kaylin. And I'm Mandy. Today's subject met most of the 18th century's all-stars, including Catherine the Great, Benjamin Franklin, and most likely Mozart. He made Madame de Pompadour laugh at a theater event for loudly reading a rude theater-goer to filth, and he became one of the first people in history to meet their celebrity hero, Voltaire in this case, and regret it. He was a violinist, a gambler, a playwright, a legal assistant, an astrologer, a Freemason, a science fiction author, and the inventor of the French National Lottery. Nice. Uh, Quite the resume. <laughs> yeah. Also, when you said Voltaire, I'm like, that weird Italian vampire clan from Twilight. And it took me like a whole ass second to be like, wait, Kaylin, those aren't real. <laughs> he invented the Voltori and bingo. <laughs> and bingo. Uh, his his 3,700-page memoir, Histoire de ma vie, is one of the most comprehensive and authentic first-person documents of 18th century life in existence. But he is most well known for his extensive sexual history, such that today his name is synonymous with the term womanizer or seducer. Today, we are talking about Giacomo Casanova. Yay! Oh my God. I didn't know Casanova was a fucking person. I knew you were going to say that, Kaylin. I knew you were going to be like, he's real. I thought it was just an adjective. <laughs> How predictable that Kaylin didn't know. <laughs> and just as predictable, right out the gate, I'm going to send you some pictures because I knew you were going to ask what he looks like. Yes. We always want to know. His name is Giacomo? Yeah, Giacomo. Giacomo. The way I fully would have been like Giacomo. <laughs> Giacomo. Okay. Oh, it's so there's two of them. Um, and the second one is like profile and it was actually painted by his brother. Okay. Okay. All right. He's, he's fine. What the fuck? Not like fine, but like he's, he's fine. <laughs> he's fine. <laughs> he's not fine. But like he's I get fine. it. <laughs> I mean, like I would like to see him next to like other men. From that I like the period. arch of his eyebrow. Um, he's got a nice little arch. Yeah. It's very like. His eyebrow, his eyebrow arch is it's, like it's what I kind of go. Uh, I'm always trying to. It's, it's giving faggot. <laughs> <laughs> Me about to say that's what I'm going for. I'm like, wait. <laughs> 
That is both what you were going for and what you go for. (laughs) You're like, look at look at this gay little man. Hey, how are you? (laughs) Sup, buddy? How's it going? (laughs) His profile is good, actually. I like. I really like his profile. Yeah, he did have a strong nose. Famously, it's it's very very distinct. That little nose bump, I can really fuck with. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. I get it. I not totally on me. I will be getting mine shaved off, but like. But it's different on boys. Yeah. It's not to be not to be all gender essentialist, but it's different on boys. <laughs> Giacomo Girolamo Casanova was the eldest of six children born to a pair of impoverished actors in Venice, Italy, in 1725. Uh, he's an Aries, April 5th. <laughs> I added that after I listened to okay, okay. Roy Cohn part two, because I, we've decided Thank that you. we're going to start including <laughs> star signs. Uh, <laughs> it's important. <laughs> so, you know, he's a ram. He's passionate. He rams. For the gays and the girls in the chat. like <laughs> I'm a gay and a girl and I don't whole... give a fuck about horoscopes. <laughs> well, it's, it's high time you start giving a fuck, Mandy. We'll do better. <laughs> <laughs> be gayer mandy it's almost pride month okay jesus sorry <laughs> anyway keep going. his father died when he was eight and his and his mother was usually on tour uh relatable i'm on tour right now it's literally midnight where i am it's almost it's, it's quarter to one in the morning where i am it is <laughs> and his mother was usually on tour so his primary caretaker was his grandmother uh Marzia Baldessera. I could be saying these uh, Italian names wrong. And if I am, deal with it. What are they going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? Throw your pizza at me? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Number one, if anybody is here is going to get canceled for like anti-Italian slander, it's probably going to be Carol Marinara and not you. You're making a meaningful effort to pronounce these names. Look... My best friend is a fake Italian woman who goes undercover. What are you talking about? (laughs) Some of my best friends are (laughs) anti-Italian. Here on Respect the Dead, the only form of bigotry that we think is okay is fredophobia because it's hilarious. (laughs) Look, I've been to the Olive Garden many times, so I think it's okay. Caitlin just spit. <laughs> I got Not the fucking spit. Olive Garden. We don't even. I don't even know if we have that in Canada, but it's giving Eastside Mario's vibes. <laughs> that was for the longest time. That was the only Italian, like real Italian food I had for a while. Real quote unquote, Not, which is I was sad. About to say. I'm they're, like, they're, you put those scare quotes around real. There right was the technically out. an Italian restaurant in like the edges of Augusta, but like nobody went to it because it was like too authentic. I guess I don't know. It was we, we knew the family, but anyway, doesn't matter. Um, keep going. <laughs> As a young boy, Casanova was dull, sickly, and prose prose to nosebleeds. I'm so sorry. Prosed. <laughs> As a young boy, Casanova was dull, sickly, and prone to nosebleeds. But according to Casanova, he was very pretty and androgynous looking, and girls like to run their fingers through his long curly hair. So sounds nice for him. Okay, this is my entire childhood. <laughs> I also was dull, sickly, and prone to nosebleeds and very pretty. You can relate. Girls did not touch me because I would have cried. (laughs) 
Casanova's grandmother, Marzia Baldessera, took him to see a witch with a black cat in her arms to cure him of his nosebleeds. So it's it's already so on brand for us. <laughs> I'm so um, excited. I fucking love this. <laughs> According to Casanova. I like how they establish her cred by being like, listen, she had a cat and guess what fucking color it was? <laughs> you will never guess. It's very, it's it's almost too on brand. It's like if she was also holding a broom she was a- and had a crooked long hat at the same time time <laughs> according to casanova the witch treated him and told him that he would be visited by a beautiful stranger that night he dreamt a beautiful woman climbed down his chimney like a sexy santa claus and spoke words to him that he didn't understand before kissing him after this he claimed his health slowly improved and within the space of a month he learned to read <laughs> He's like, now that I don't have to use all the books to like rip the pages out and stuff them up my nose to stop my nosebleeds, I can finally use them for something else. <laughs> he was an especially bright child. He he began attending the University of Padua at age 11 and graduated with a law degree by age 17. Imagine you get to court and you're like innocent and being charged with murder and this like like pretty... 17-year-old with nosebleeds comes in to like and defend you. It's like, don't worry, sir. <laughs> like, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> he he has the law pr- lit papers like up his nose. Like, I'm here, Your Honor, to defend my client. I don't know why I'm giving him like a southern why attorney is, accent. Why is he now your uh, <laughs> fucking foghorn leghorn? Because <laughs> that's how I see I'm your fancy Italian lawyer. <laughs> Because that's what all lawyers I sound say, like. I say now. The way all pilots all sound like the same guy. That's what all lawyers yeah. sound like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all lawyers. <laughs> At Padua, Casanova was placed in the care and tutelage of Abbe Gozzi, uh, like a, a priest, priest Gozzi. Abbe Gozzi. And Casanova had his first sexual encounter with the Abbe's teenage sister, Bettina, who fondled him when he was 11. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. Uh, they they did remain, like, he remained f- friends with the Gotzi family and Bettina for the the whole of his life, and he uh, talked about it very, like, fondly. Uh, so, you know, I, uh, I've i got Isn't mixed feelings about it. Isn't he, like, in university? It. Yeah, but he started, he started at age 11. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, while at university in Padua, Casanova developed a gambling addiction that would stay with him his entire – when he was a little bit older, when he was a teenager. Uh, a gambling addiction that would stay with him his entire life, causing his grandmother to call him home to Venice. Around the time he returned to Venice from Padua, uh, Casanova shared a couple of bottles of wine, some Parmesan cheese, and smoked meats with a pair of sisters, Nanetta and Martin Savornian. And ended up losing his virginity to both of them at, at the same time. <laughs> this is such an Italian story. He really is. The Parmesan just started to kill Caitlin. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, ho- I, hope, I, hope, I hope you don't mind if I bring you some Parmesan cheese. Did they also do it when the moon was in the sky like a big pizza pie? I'm so impressed with both of your flawless Italian accents. <laughs> Grazie. <laughs> I just, yeah, like he loses his virginity while drinking wine, eating Parmesan cheese and like pepperoni <laughs> to two different like, women at the same time. 
It's very Iconic. Italian. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Following the death of his grandmother, uh, Casanova entered the seminary for a while, but he was ejected possibly after being caught in bed with another man. That's hot. So Ooh. Casanova was a bicon. Uh, nice. Although uh, more people back in the Enlightenment period uh, kind of kind of were. Uh, to quote uh, actor and Casanova biographer Ian Kelly in an article from The Guardian, the modern concept of bisexuality, no less of, than of homosexuality, didn't really exist in the 18th century. And the conception of sexual preference was on the whole a much more fluid affair. Uh, we should also not forget that sex was in fact one of the main forms of cultural commerce in the 18th century, but that this was a feature of Enlightenment mores that subsequent and more prudish centuries have suppressed. So like the 18th century is like this is one of the reasons the 18th century is like one of my favorite uh periods because it was just buck fucking wild like mm. everybody was drunk and having sex with with all genders back then and uh having having a great time yeah no it sounds um, fun <laughs> honestly i would have felt like such a square back then like not being bi <laughs> like, like i would have been bullying you all the time i just been like oh kaylin <laughs> the way i would have pretended to be bi like in public yeah <laughs> like secretly you would have had to at least say you were in love with one woman it's okay yeah. kaylin i'd be your bi beard <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. I'm like, actually, I have two beautiful women whose I love very much. All the time. We have sex all the time. We have sex all the time in each other. Mouths and everything. (laughs) Right on the mouth. We're right on the mouth. Like, I like it. Elaborating on Casanova's fluid sexuality, Kelly had this to say. It seems likely that Casanova was a man who, in sex as in life, wanted to taste all the flavors on offer. (laughs) That he didn't dwell on the same sex experiences in his memoirs may have to do with the fact that he simply didn't enjoy them as much. But it's also true that he was keen to quash rumors afoot in Venice that his rise to prominence was courtesy of his having been the rent boy of his first patron, Matteo Giovanni Bragatin. Um, Bragadin? So yeah, like he Bragadin. Bragadin. Oh, okay. We'll get we'll get to him a little Hell bit later. Um, but yeah, so like Casanova. <laughs> oh, we'll get to him. <laughs> Casanova had many affairs with uh, with people of all genders, but uh, he did he did tend to prefer women, and that still is okay. If you are a bisexual who prefers a particular gender, you, you're totally. still valid, sweeties. Can you say that? Can you say that any less condescendingly? <laughs> <laughs> I can say it more Italian. Well, I'll, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say you're still you valid. You prefer a certain gender. You're still valid. <laughs> Valente. How about that? Oh, thank you, Mandy, for serving us a huge plate of valid chini. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm gonna keep doing that throughout this episode. I hope you know. Oh, please do. It's it's the worst and my favorite. <laughs> Caitlin's Good. like, I love it when things are annoying. <laughs> no, one hundred percent. I'm like, this is the worst Italian accent I've ever heard, and therefore the best Italian. Do accent it all I've the time. It will never get old. No, never. <laughs> After leaving the seminary, Casanova did still pursue a career with the church. He found employment as a scribe for a powerful cardinal, and when he met Pope Benedict XIV, I think that's it? 
I, I don't know Roman numerals that well. Uh, he immediately requested what does it look like? XIV. That's 14th, right? The XIV. Yeah, that's 14. Yeah, the XIV. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when he met that pope, he immediately requested dispensation to read the Vatican's forbidden books and to eat fish, which is honestly iconic. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, going to need two lovely, things from you. you. <laughs> <laughs> I it's love it. It's very nice to meet you. If I'm going to suck that crusty old cock, I'm going to need two things. <laughs> I'm just imagining like pieces of fish like falling into the this taxi, him just kind of going like, oh no, and just kind of just flips the it. page and like closes it. Right. In. Like, oh, it's well, like that'll biodegrade, right? We know what biodegrade is biodegradation <laughs> he was dismissed after a short time effectively ending his church career oh you don't say <laughs> they're like um so about those sacred secret holy texts you smell like tuna uh, were you did you were you eating a mcfillet fish mcfillet overall no <laughs> I say, I say, I was not. <laughs> that was very half-hearted. You got to put was. your like whole throat. You're into right. That you're one. right. I say, I say, I did not. I say, sir, I did not eat no, no fillet into that that text. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Hoots. <laughs> he then did a short military stint in a Venetian regiment before leaving to attempt to make his living as a professional gambler. <laughs> And then failing at that, <laughs> ultimately finding work as a violinist. 21-year-old Casanova and his musician friends were a bunch of uh, real toxic shitheads. They'd mm. roam the city, untying gondolas from their moorings, <laughs> crank-calling doctors and midwives. <laughs> That's amazing, though. Yes! <laughs> like, what a weird thing to do. <laughs> no, it, when you're drunk, okay. that sounds fucking... Can you just imagine watching it float off? <laughs> That's like the ancient Italian version of cow tipping. <laughs> yeah, like, watch to get float away and just like cackling, being like, "That's somebody's they're living." All, they're, they're like elbowing each other. Their whole family's gonna be destitute. <laughs> Sucks to be them. Okay, the way the way I wrote this is also especially unhinged because I'm gonna. The list is like two kind of iconic things, and then one thing that can that is like indefensible, like we'll not even hilarious. So, untying gondolas from their moorings, crank calling doctors and midwives, also hilarious, and committing sex crimes. Okay, okay that hilarious. part not so great. <laughs> oh right, I that I so, forgot what our podcast. Oh, was. You forgot who we're, we're talking. We're on respect yeah. the dead, y'all. I forgot. <laughs> I was just having fun listening to yeah. the story about this, like this pansexual right. whore. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a lot of this episode. Okay. A lot of this episode, like, you're like, he's hilarious and iconic. And then you're like, oh, right. okay. oh, Every yeah. single time we cover what, anyone what who I'm even on. has a drop of queerness <laughs> the entire time, we're like, <laughs> iconic, show-stopping, never been beat. And then it's like, and then he tied a woman up and drowned her in a safe in the ocean. And it's like, well, who's among us? <laughs> Was she really annoying? <laughs> Was she crying loudly <laughs> on a plane? <laughs> uh, so you can still grab a drink today in the Cantina do Spade, uh, a Venetian bar where Casanova and his sex crim friends told a pretty woman that her husband was in trouble and could only be saved if she spent the evening whining, dining, and doing sex acts with them. 
Uh, so that's a fun thing you can do the next time you're in Venice. What the fuck? That's not a hilarious Ew. prank. This sounds like one of those like YouTuber no. pranks. So the he they were tricking people through like like prank scripts basically mm-hmm. into having sex with them. Yes. Yeah. It's so mm-hmm. fucked up. Incredibly fucked up. It's really fucked up. up. Like like those do you remember that guy that got like banned off YouTube uh and like super canceled Which one? because <laughs> He did a prank on his friend where he had both of them kidnapped and then oh had God. himself shot in front of his friend. What the fuck? Like as no, a, as a prank and his this. friend thought that he was dead and was like crying and like pissed himself. And like the whole thing was like, no, bro, don't worry. I'm okay. It's a prank. And it was like, it like made the what national the news. This was like eight years no, ago or something. I don't remember um, this. But that's what this reminds me of, where someone's like, it's just a funny prank. And by funny, I mean, I'm a sadistic piece of shit yeah. who like gets off mm-hmm. on like on harming other people. Like, So it's that the plus, idea that, plus gang rape. Yeah. Like what the literal fuck. Yeah. It's so fucked up. Yeah. Someone sent me that video and I watched it not knowing what it was like many many years ago and like by the end of it i was like bawling oh my I was, like, god if one of my friends mm-hmm. ever did this to me i would never like believe in oh reality yeah like that's again. that breaks like, your trust for the forever. rest of my life i would think i was like in the truman show or something right but, it's like i live in a simulation like yeah no it's fucked up so casanova's fortunes really turned around when he saved the life of an older gentleman who'd had a stroke while sharing a gondola with him The man's doctors attempted to revive him the 18th century way through repeated bleedings and the application of mercury directly to his fucking skin. (laughs) (laughs) I love doctors. They're hilarious. They're like, I know what's going to help you, and it's less blood and more mercury. (laughs) (laughs) They might as well just poke him with a fucking stick. Like, wake up, wake up. Is it working? Poking him with a stick would have been more effective I mean, and probably, less harmful. Probably. Like, Jesus. Like, I swear to God, every ancient story about doctors back then is just like, they did what? They just gave them straight up okay, cocaine? This, <laughs> this is a plug for the Sawbones podcast that is not sponsoring us, but it's an entire podcast where uh, a lady doctor just talks about the worst things that people did in medical history. And Ooh, it's really fucking funny. I'm going to check it out. So Casanova basically saved him by telling the doctors to stop doing that. Stop. <laughs> yeah. He please was like, stop. please get the fuck away from this man. Uh, and- His four humors are like totally fine and you need to like back the fuck <laughs> yeah. off. Uh, So the gentleman in question, Don Matteo Bragadin, who we mentioned before, made a full recovery under Casanova's care with a regimen of rest and and a healthy diet. Uh, And Bragadin basically adopted Casanova after the fact. So all he did was he was like, get away from him, you quacks. I think you just had a stroke. You should probably rest and like maybe maybe eat some fresh fruits and vegetables. (laughs) Yeah. And then Bragadin mm-hmm. was like, oh my Do God, you have a photo Eugenius. of Bragadin or um, a painting or whatever the fuck? I don't. I'm sorry. Because I will be able to tell if he's gay by looking at him. So I just want to know if a little bit was, he was like, I was just saved by this handsome young man. This handsome young sex criminal. <laughs> considering, considering there was a rumor that he. Uh, oh, they were all gay. 
Yeah, there's a rumor that he was his rent boy, probably. Yeah, there's not one on. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that was him. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, and For he some was. Reason I thought that was the cardinal or whatever the fuck. I think he, I'm pretty sure Matteo Bragadin was childless. So yeah, probably it was probably probably a gay man who was like, Sounds now gay. <laughs> now you're my now you're my now you're my cute little twink. And good for them. Aww. You're my little guy. <laughs> You're my little guy. The little guy was like <laughs> over six feet tall. You're my like little ca- guy. Casanova, Casanova was huge for the time. Of course um, he was. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Officially during this time, Casanova worked as Bragadin's legal assistant, but he spent most of his time gambling and getting into trouble. He had an affair with a nun, then a menage a trois with the nun and her boyfriend, and then a menage a quette with the nun, the nun's boyfriend, and another nun. Where are these nuns? <laughs> Mandy's like, that's, <laughs> she that's had crazy. A where did he fi- that's where so where crazy. did he find these where? nuns so I can stay where? away from where there? <laughs> where and their boyfriends? Where are these nuns and their boyfriends? Just just wondering. You're like menage a quette. Don't mind if I do. Again, it's all very right. Italian. <laughs> Uh, he dug up a freshly buried corpse in order to play a prank on someone and literally scared them to death. And then he was forced to flee Venice. <laughs> what did he, wait, what did he do with this corpse? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I need to know more about I'm this sorry. Prank. Not like you trying to breeze like, past what? that. <laughs> Yeah, we can't move. Okay, I'm not moving this. forward. No, 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 no. I will stop this podcast right now, you bitch. <laughs> this is where I live forever now. Like, I need to know more. Oh, oh. Who is the corpse? What did he do? My ear is I'm literally sorry, ringing. I'll turn my mic down. Oh, my God. No, no, no. It's not from you guys. I think, I think it's just brain cells dying. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm some crying. of these notes I took a really long time ago, so I can't actually remember the details. Casanova corpse. Yeah. Casanova corpse. Our pod our lives. Our jobs. Oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> we get paid to do this. Yahoo.com. Yahoo.com. Oh shit, it's gone. <laughs> oh, because they only had Yahoo back then. <laughs> Makes sense. Okay, so some of okay, some of the resources <laughs> say that he didn't oh, die. God. He just got paralyzed. The person he scared. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I I was like so scared my spine. For a second, I thought you meant the person that was the corpse wasn't actually no. dead, but he still somehow They're used dead. them. So we saved him. Okay, no. So they were dead, but the person he scared was paralyzed because of how scared they were. Yes. Okay, that's honestly okay. like somehow that feels less far to me than the sex criminal pranks. Like digging up a corpse, I'm like they're already dead. I could see how it could feel. And a if you got funny. that scared by a corpse, that's on you. Yeah, why are you like? I'm sorry. Death is a natural part of life. I just want to know what he did with the corpse. Like, did he have it on strings? Did he like leave it in his bed? It was probably like a weekend at Bernie's kind <laughs> right? of right. Like he turns on the music and it he was makes a dance and like knowing Casanova's personality, it was probably somebody that had like a, a lifelong grudge with the dead person, and like he probably just set them up to make them look like they were still alive. Yeah, <laughs> and the person was back. 
So they probably deserved it. Oh my god! That's oh, that's actually kind of brilliant. Fucking... He was like, okay, "Yeah, I'm I'm fi- I finally don't have to deal with Bob anymore." And then Bob's like at his door. That's actually uh, they're Italian, so his name's like Bobaccini or something. Bobaccini, Bobaccino, Bobaccini, <laughs> Bobaccino. Uh, So this was the beginning of a pretty consistent pattern in Casanova's life. He'd find a wealthy patron, start living it up, seduce some woman or women, have some sort of scandal, and then he'd have to leave town in a hurry. And he would just like repeat this over and over and over throughout his life. So having escaped to Padua once again, uh, Casanova met a French woman disguised in men's clothing that he calls Henriette. Henriette is believed by some to be French aristocrat Anne Adelaide de Guidon, and I'm going to send a picture of her and her sisters. Can you imagine how much harder it would have been to have been Casanova at this time in the, the age of the internet? Like, what, what you know, we have things like the oh, what, he was like, what was that guy named? The one that everyone was talking about on TikTok, West yeah, Nile West, Billy. <laughs> They'd be like Italian Casanova. Watch out for this guy. West West West, West Elm, Elm Caleb. Caleb. That's who I was thinking is, of. Thank it, you. Yes. Yeah. I only remembered because I had to scroll back in my head to. That's what I was trying to remember. Videos. Like I was thinking um, of the thumbnail. Yeah, like, I was like, I see the thumbnail. I'm head. trying to remember the name, <laughs> and it became with a W. What the fuck am I looking at? So that's uh, Adelaide and Adelaide de Guidon. No, she's she's sitting at the, the harpsichord. <laughs> I don't think this is an accurate representation. <laughs> well, if it is, <laughs> if it is, that's child babies. labor. The babies are what they call cherubs. Cherubs. Okay. Um, so that's what most historians, that's who most historians believe Henriette was. Henriette is, is she a, playing uh, the piano or the other one? For this woman that he met. Do we know? She's the harpsichord, yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, she's the harpsichord. Uh, she's gorgeous. She is. Yeah, she's very pretty. She is giving, like, doll. Like, if you told me that she was a trans woman, I would believe you. I mean, I feel like that was, like, the 18th century vibe. I feel like that's what all women look like. Like, well, pretty women back then, you know? They all Damn. look like dolls. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, to quote the man Casanova himself... They who do not believe that a woman is capable of making a man equally happy all the 24 hours of a day have never known a Henriette. The joy that flooded my soul was far greater when I conversed with her during the day than when I held her in my arms during the night. Casanova traveled with Henriette as far as Geneva, where she left him with nothing but the 500 Louis she slipped into his pocket and a message. She was iconic as well. So she slipped 500 Louis into his pocket, like which was like she was like, this is your payment for my little whore. Um, And she scratched a message into a window pane with a diamond ring. You will forget Henriette, too. Um. Wait, say it again. You will forget Henriette, too. Ooh. (laughs) Uh, Okay, number one, scratching any message into anything with a diamond ring is is already so fucking But then, oh, that is chilling. It is. And also, I didn't know where that sentence was going at first, so I thought she was scratching it, like, into his back while he slept still somehow. Like, that also would be, like, it's like, it just, (laughs) he's like, what is happening in my back? And she's like, don't worry about it. That's also (laughs) iconic. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, I sent a a screenshot to the WhatsApp group um, of just one of these cherubs' faces. <laughs> a little demon. I, I accidentally <laughs> looked over at it. I'm like, what the something. fuck is I don't this? Trust it. <laughs> I would, me and my friends would have killed it with hammers. <laughs> that much I can tell you. <laughs> Get it. Get it. It's the devil. Uh, but Henriette was wrong. Casanova would never forget Henriette. And based on his description of her and his memoirs, she is widely accepted by historians in three centuries of readers to be the love of Casanova's life. Many years later, he would run into her again, but he would not recognize her. We have both aged, Henriette wrote to him in 1769 when she was 51. But will you believe me that while I still love you, I am happy that you did not recognize me. So Henriette. Uh, that hurts my feelings. Doesn't it? Like, oh, it just makes you want to die. Like it literally, I'm going to cry. Like just, <laughs> just thinking about that, like recognizing someone that you said would forget you. And they don't and recognize you. They don't even mm-hmm. recognize you. Like, and you write to them later, the, like, oh my I, God. I saw you and you didn't know it was me. And like, <sighs> the way I would have been listening to, <laughs> New to phone who dis. medieval Ani DeFranco <laughs> that night, like. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, that's, that's, that's harsh. Uh so as I as I mentioned when uh, when they met and and for a lot of the time that he was traveling with Henriette she was uh, she was dressed as a as a man uh, and Henriette was not the only cross dressing lover of Casanovas so cross dressing was a pretty common practice again 18th century fucking rules yeah, I'm pretty like, common I wanna, practice especially I want to go back <laughs> but bring a bathtub and some antibiotics with me. Like- <laughs> So it was a pretty common practice, especially among the nobility and the nouveau riche in the 18th century. And Casanova's memoirs are one of the primary documents to that effect. So Casanova himself claimed that uh, claimed to like it when lovers of his would occasionally dress him up like a girl. And one of his yes. most famous love affairs was with a woman who took the place of a castrato who had died in her village and toured Europe pretending to be him. So <laughs> this is amazing. Ooh, isn't it cool? I'm okay, I don't know about her. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I wish he hadn't so, done all those fucking sex crimes. Sex crimes. Like, I, I like know. You so bad. <laughs> Some of this is fucking cool. Come on, Casanova. So castrados, uh, for <laughs> anybody cool. who isn't aware, were male singers who were castrated before puberty so that their voices wouldn't change. So as they aged, they'd maintain their pretty boy soprano tone, but they'd have the lung capacity of an adult as their bodies would continue to grow. Ah. I'm just dying at the, the double meaning of were male singers. <laughs> <laughs> They were male <laughs> singers, and now they're just pretty little angels. <laughs> uh, 
Casanova's lover would often style herself as a woman at parties and eventually admitted her identity to Casanova, but publicly she went by the name and pronouns of the dead person she was impersonating. And part of the joy Casanova took in seducing her was anticipating if she was really a pretty boy or a girl. So he was like, I'm so attracted to this person. I don't know what they are and I can't wait to find out. Oh, I do love that feeling. That is a fun feeling. (laughs) I love fraud. And I love, I love the idea, I, and I love stealing dead people's identities. Both of those are incredibly <laughs> iconic. But it reminds me of this tweet where it was like some gay dude was like, "I spent an entire night like making out with a lesbian at the bar, and at the end of the night, we both realized that like I thought she was a gay guy, and she thought <laughs> I was a lesbian. Nah. We both had to, like, just like we both had to just like shake hands and leave at the end of the night, back <laughs> like away." <laughs> Just like Homer Simpson backing into the bushes. <laughs> that that um uh, the the woman I'm 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 not calling her a trans man because I it's or or, or like um gender fluid or anything because it seems like she said no I well, just she, adopted somebody's no. identity and and I prefer to live as a celebrity singer than uh but but she yeah did, no she's a scammer yeah she's a scammer <laughs> um but uh, she identifies as a fucking icon <laughs> so I'm I'm using she her pronouns for her uh because she's she's just a scam goddess uh but she the name she went by was <laughs> Bellino and that's the person whose uh, identity she um, adopted. It was a, a, a castrato named Bellino. Who was dead. Bellino. Who was dead. Who died in her village and she was so, like, so I can fucking her do that. new name was a dead name. Yes. That's, she's doing it in reverse. I love <laughs> yeah, it. <right. laughs> Stan her. She did nothing wrong. She's like, don't you dare call me anything but my dead name. <laughs> so back to Casanova right after Henriette left him. Uh, to nurse his broken heart, he departed on a grand tour of Europe. He spent two years in Paris, some time in Prague, Vienna, Lyon, Dresden. Every time he started to gain the attention of the local authorities, he'd move on to the next town. <laughs> Can you imagine if if in order to like get over a breakup, oh you could just like tour Europe? Yeah. Like I got like a pres- like right? over the counter sleeping pills and a bottle of wine. I know. <laughs> like fuck you. Right. And it wasn't a good bottle of wine. I was just in the fetal position under her weighted blanket. Like, back in the day, like, cause like he was not rich. Like back in the day, you could do that without being rich. You could just be like, I'm going to make my money as like fucking gambler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you were charming enough, you could do it. Right. So eventually he wound up back in Venice, where at the age of 30, he was arrested by the Venetian Inquisition in the middle of the night and charged with a slew of crimes, including blasphemy, cabalism, gambling, Freemasonry, and astrology. (laughs) (laughs) Wait. Cabalism? What's cabalism? I think it was, I think it's Kabbalah. Oh, really? Yeah. He was like super into Kabbalah. Oh. <laughs> he was so ahead of his time. Yeah. I don't know why, but when you said that, my I was thinking I like, think it was like cobbler. cobblestones. Yeah, yeah cobbler, would, or maybe a cobbler. Like I'm I wasn't like, thinking. I'm like, like, are you cobbling? <laughs> like you're illegally putting down stones, sir. And that's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> like breaking into like, uh, like okay, climbing. Okay. Pe- Oh, okay. Now I see it. Now I see it written. Out. Oh no, that's, that's cabal. Ca- I was thinking C O. Yeah, cabal. Is he Kabbalism. joining like like a cabal? Esoteric doctrine or interpretation according to the yeah, Jewish it's Kabbalah. Yeah. He was super into Kabbalah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, gotcha. 
Okay. And and he was super into astrology as an Aries, <laughs> which Mandy, that's why it's important to know he's an Aries. <laughs> <laughs> they walked in and they saw him fucking like two nuns, uh. but he had a little red <laughs> string around his wrist and they're like, nice try, faggot. <laughs> Casanova was imprisoned for an undisclosed term in the Doge's Palace. I didn't look up how to say it, but it's spelled like Doge, like Doge meme. Hang on. Doge's Palace. I'm such a professional. Nor, not like Dogecoin? <laughs> yeah. Doge Palace pronunciation. Let me see. Let me see. Play, you rat. Play. <laughs> The sickening influence that I've had on you. <laughs> Play, you rat. <laughs> I think I think it's Doge. I'm I, I'm pretty sure. I, we're going to say Doge. If you're Italian and I'm saying it wrong, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> so he was he was he was imprisoned for an undisclosed term in the Doge's palace and placed in solitary confinement in one of the cells in the attic of the palace known as the leads for the lead plates on the roof that turned the cells into flea infested ovens in the summertime. Oh, Jesus okay. Christ. That sounds terrible. No, thank you. And yeah, I am going to send a picture of what it looks like. You've, if you've seen like pictures of Venice, you've seen it. Uh, this is the palace it's the it's the white building next to the tower it's the white building yeah it it's the white building that's an ugly palace uh so he was imprisoned like up in the roof of that building yeah the way that that would cook Mm -hmm. like jesus yeah that'd be horrible the roof is made of lead thank you not me complaining about my ac before you say that (laughs) flip the breaker (laughs) <laughs> or you'll be cooked like you're in the lead. Way to flout your <laughs> AC privilege. So realizing that his cell was located above the Inquisitor's chamber, Casanova began planning his escape. Uh, while he was like out on his like daily prison yard yes. walk, he acquired an iron bar, uh, took it back to his like smuggled it back to his room and sharpened it into a crude <laughs> pick. And then he began the painstaking process of digging into the floor of his cell. <sighs> He planned his escape for August 28th when the Inquisitor's office would be vacant for St. Augustine uh, for, the, for the holiday. But three days before his escape, his jailers decided to do him a solid for his good behavior and he was moved to a better room. that sucks so he got super depressed about this for a bit Uh, he wrote I sat in my armchair like a man in a stupor motionless as a statue I saw that I had wasted all the efforts I had made and I could not repent of them I felt that I had nothing to hope for and the only relief left to me was not to think of the future but if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. So Casanova, you know, after he took a couple of days to mope about, he started once again trying to plot his escape. This time he pulled his neighbor, an imprisoned priest named Father Balbi, uh, into his plot. Um, so at Casanova's instruction, Father Balbi made a hole in his own cell, uh, then dug a hole into the ceiling of Casanova's cell. On Halloween 1756, Casanova and Balbi escaped through the roof. 
Casanova left, it's fucking so iconic. Casanova left behind a note in his cell that read, since you all did not ask my permission to throw me in jail, I am not asking for yours to get out. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't get my consent, so I'm not getting yours. I'm just, he's such a bitch. I love him. Leaving a note is like, it's a little risky because you don't want to piss off the people that are looking for you. Like, like if I was a jailer back then and I got that note, I would be like way more interested in tracking him down just for being like yeah. a snide little bitch. But he was like, right. I'm petty. <laughs> I can't help it. He was petty. And, and you know, he, he wanted to be iconic. Like he was like, of course. Oh, it would did. be fucking yeah. hilarious if I did this. And it was. He he so, had a main character syndrome before we even had a name for it. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, he kind of was, was right to have main character syndrome. I mean, yeah, yeah like he wasn't wrong. <laughs> like, he is a protagonist. If you fuck more than one nun, I think you're, you're <laughs> already out of one time. And one of their boyfriends yeah. at one time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, honey, you, you deserve it. <laughs> So the drop from the roof to the canal was uh, too great. So Casanova and Balbi found a tall ladder and used that as well as a bedsheet rope to lower themselves to a floor 25 feet down where they like basically broke a window um, to get into like an office and changed clothes and rest and rested until morning. Um, and there's actually an illustration of them uh, yes. climbing Ooh. down. I um, love how I love the illustrations. It's all from Wikipedia, so let's see if they work. (laughs) They like they weren't too focused on this illustration of drawing anything else but the building, which is like this tiny little ladder. Yeah, you 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 see like there's like a little person on. (laughs) I like how he's like um, not even really using the ladder of the building. Oh, I, I can I can see up, the other one. They? I can see the other one, like in the upper corner. You oh, can kind of see like a lump, upper left. It's like there's like a little eye. white lump. I think that's supposed to be another person. Anyways, that's hilarious. Look Maybe at not. look at this little Maybe fucking not. queer. But it looks like a yeah. Oh, and a reminder that all of these uh, images that we're discussing will be in the show notes and also available on Instagram. Well, we have like a. We, like a little slideshow set up on, on our website. Okay. So Just like so I said, knows. they like basically broke into an office that they cl- climbed down to, to like change clothes and rest. And at 6am the next morning, um, an attendant came and they told the attendant that they'd gotten locked inside after attending an event at the palace the night before. And the attendant just let them out, <laughs> 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 which is also iconic. Well, I love that. <laughs> just, just, Okay. Casanova fled to Paris. Once his escape had been discovered, he'd be exiled from Venice, so he couldn't stay. In France, Casanova struck it rich by helping to establish the first national lottery. So, like, the the French national lottery that is still being like used today uh was started by Casanova and and by extension like every other national lottery system mm-hmm. um is based on the idea that that Casanova oh. came up with. Damn. I guess he was a professional yeah. gambler. He ruined a lot of people's <laughs> lives. <laughs> yeah. So, like, with that, he became fabulously wealthy because um, the the 
king at the time, who I think was still Louis the Fourteenth at that point, um, was like, "This fucking rules," <laughs> and uh, paid him a lot of money, and he made <laughs> a lot of money from it. <laughs> With his newfound riches, Casanova found himself moving in higher circles. In addition to seducing socialites, he also took to scamming them. Of course he did. Of course he did. Uh, convincing several of them. He, okay, scammer is mm-hmm. like assigned at birth. You know what I yeah. mean? Like you were born that way. That is, it is an integral part of your identity. Assigned scammer at birth. A sab. something you are. It's not a costume. <laughs> No. <laughs> Scammer is not a costume. <laughs> so he convinced several of them, including Marquise Jean Dorfay, that he was a sorcerer skilled in numerology. He was not a sorcerer. <laughs> he just had yeah, a good okay. memory. <laughs> 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 He was never he was never very good with money, and eventually he was arrested for his debts. Uh, Marquise Durfay arranged for his release, and he sold his possessions and fled Paris. Again, he falls into this pattern. He fell into the same pattern in Cologne, Stuttgart, Genoa, Marseille, Naples, Modena, Turin. He never stayed anywhere for very long <laughs> because everywhere he went, he got involved in some fuckery. He fucked around. <laughs> In- he can't help himself. Eventually, <laughs> yeah, when you're a scammer, you are going to get run out of towns. Why yeah. do you think I moved? Like, eventually, people start to recognize you on the street, and it's like, mm-hmm. babe, we got to go. It's like witness protection, right. except for you're not a witness, and <laughs> you're, the, you're the problem. People need In 1760, he began calling himself Chevalier de Sengalt, a title that doesn't actually exist. (laughs) (laughs) It is giving a little Cara Marinara energy on (laughs) Yeah. Chevalier de Santis. I'm like, Chevalier de Santis. Chevalier is French for knight. Like, it's it's an order of knighthood. So he basically was like, I'm a knight. I'm I'm the knight of Sengalt. Nobody questions. <laughs> I'm the knight of river gold. <laughs> I know, it sounds real to me. He eventually returned to Paris where he tried to convince his old dupe, Marquise d'Orfay, that he could use alchemy to turn her into a man. Now, I I don't know or or think uh that she was a trans icon. Um I I think she thought it would be neat i don't know um (laughs) but uh casanova planned on turning marquise durfay into a man by uh impregnating her with herself during a magical threesome ceremony so that she might give birth to a male uh supposed to hold more occult powers in which her soul would be transmitted through childbirth so so this is why i'm like i don't i don't think she was trans i think um she was crazy. I was say, I think she was mentally ill. She was yeah. high. Would be the character. Uh, I'm like, I'm like, oh no, sorry, I'm not trans. I just <laughs> smoke a lot of opium. So he, and she like, was right for it. Like, would it be cool if I had if I had a and baby it was me? and it was a man? But it was me. That baby so like, man was he, me. He was like, okay, clearly this lady is a little not all there, so I might as well scam her. But I'm still gonna fuck her. I mean, I'm gonna fuck her and take her money. All right. <laughs> uh, the plan, the 
the plan kind of fell through when a former accomplice of Casanova <laughs> ratted on him. Oh, really? A snitch? The, the plan... Like, listen, this man is not a witch. He is just a whore. The, okay, the plan failed when a former co- accomplice of Casanova ratted on him in order to become her new wizard, and she dumped him. So, like, it wasn't... It was just another scammer. <laughs> They're dueling wizards! Not these bitches vying. <laughs> ah, I'm just imagining it. Now I can't imagine. I, I, it's like Gandalf versus uh, not not Saruman, like on top of the tower. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, but Gandalf. both of them have syphilis. And instead <laughs> of staff, And instead they of wands, dicks. they're pointing their penises at each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I've now interested in the lord of the rings <laughs> it, there are times it's very gay <laughs> not gay and, okay not gay, not very gay by my standards very gay by like frodo and who, sam are in love like they are if they don't no- suck each other's giant hairy feet i don't even care <laughs> like i'm not here for it like like i'm so sorry do not tell me about these nasty little men with these giant hairy feet and there's no foot play what am i here for I feel like that me. describes a couple of my exes. In 1763. Nasty little men with giant hairy feet. A couple of them. Do better. I am. To yourself. I am. In 1763, Casanova traveled to England to try to sell his state lottery idea that worked so well in France to King George III. He had a shitty time in England because he didn't speak the language very well and because... Be- because of the the English, uh, the English, <laughs> English. Because of how the English were there, uh, yeah. Uh, we yeah, should probably we're uh, bleep that, right? Uh, blur out the word English. We, we don't got want a comment on our Instagram that, that was like, "This is so funny." But can I ask you a question? Why did you bleep the word English? And I wrote back because we thought it would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> we like we like are perfectly comfortable being like and then he sex crimed people as a prank like all all hosts are like that's horrible anyways let's make a joke about it but then the english come up and we're like the english are not a fucking laughing matter um not that not that this is important we could always cut this out but when uh neil and sarah in the the chat were talking about how someone got mad about how they want to genocide the english it was like are they did, did they get them confused with us oh <laughs> maybe they did like we'd say not <laughs> them. Maybe honestly they did. it was probably yeah. us no, we have obviously never okay. had fd signifier on but I'm no just saying, i didn't even like... i didn't even realize but it was probably <laughs> it us probably was. it was probably us they got and us confused. when our friends get canceled it will be because of us mm, probably and this podcast maybe this episode oh, well <laughs> like, <laughs> this is the one uh so they didn't have to be our friends. Casanova Casanova left England with no money and ailing health from a spat of venereal diseases. He also traveled to <laughs> Russia. That's yeah. right. Uh, he also traveled. Homestamongas. among us. <laughs> Who hasn't left England with a spat of venereal diseases <laughs> and ailing health? That country is filthy. Do not yeah, put your dick in England. Or, spread elsewhere. Or, do yeah. not put your dick <laughs> in England. <laughs> It's like Don't that country is filthy. Maybe it wasn't before I got there, but it was when I left. Uh, Casanova also traveled to Russia to pitch the lottery idea, but Catherine the Great turned him down. Uh, so he just like he's meeting all the like all the big 
big dogs in the 18th century, and some of them are the telling fact that him they, no. Like, took audience <laughs> yeah. with him because he's famous. He's literally famous for being famous. It's very like if someone wrote a fanfic uh, or. Like, if you've ever watched, like, a television show where, like, oh, we're in a certain time era, and then that character meets all, like, the historical figures. So Doctor Who? Yeah, Doctor Who. It's Doctor (laughs) Who. It's Doctor Who, but with more sex, I guess. (laughs) Doctor Ew. Doctor Ew. (laughs) Doctor Ew. That was not Italian. (laughs) He's kind of like the Forrest Gump of the 18th century. Um that too yeah yeah that kind of vibe i do not remember this movie but people reference it all the time and like i think about smiling or smiling and nodding but instead i'm like no that's like forrest gump straight is boomer uh, fanfic yeah Yeah. it's boomer fanfic yeah you can overcome anything as long as you're like a young white american man if you're tom hanks um, I should say part of Casanova's fame uh, stems from the prison break specifically. Uh, like when he broke out of prison, like that, the the like word about that traveled throughout all of Europe. And people were like, here's this guy who like broke out of this inescapable prison. Isn't that fucking cool? And he ended up um, before he ever wrote his memoirs, he ended up publishing the story of his escape and it sold throughout Europe. So like that's part of the reason all these famous people will take audience with him because they're like, it's that fucking Of course you would. Yeah. Yeah. In addition to being like a, a scammer and like kind of a famous womanizer at that point, which is also interesting. But like he he also like did something that was like considered impossible at the time. Mm-hmm. In 1766, he and a Polish nobleman engaged in an illegal duel over an Italian actress and he was exiled from Warsaw. Both men survived the duel with injuries. Casanova was gravely injured in his left hand, but uh, and he refused doctors' recommendations to amputate healing on his oh. own. Yeah. So doctors were like, you're going to have to cut that thing off. And he was like, I'd rather fucking die. Um, and he did <laughs> like, end up- You might. He ended up healing. No, right. He ended up being okay. I should say, like, doctors in the 18th century didn't know okay, shit. Well, honestly, doctors back then? Mm-hmm. No. They were like, you're going to yeah. die because your humors are out of balance and you're 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 giving out too much blood right now. But right. also let us bleed you because yeah. you have too much bile as well. Or I was like, or yeah. I could just like wash it and, and keep it dry and wrap it. He's probably thinking about his sugar daddy and being like, well, you all wanted to put like mercury on him and I told you to stop and he yeah. got way better. So I think I'm there's fine one thing own. you can say for Casanova and that's that he wasn't a fucking idiot. And like because he was a scammer, he he like game recognizes game. He was like, <laughs> oh, doctors are just scammers. They're full of shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> These people have no idea what they're talking about. They're literally yeah. just saying stuff. Yeah. I'm like, and how do you know that that's what's going to happen? They're like, oh, well, you know. Uh, so from Warsaw, he traveled to Prussia and then back to Paris where. Uh, what the fuck is Prussia? Um, is where Germany is now. Okay. Um, and then. I'm like, why have I never heard of this? <laughs> Uh, he traveled back to Paris where the now King Louis XV had him expelled from France because he found out about the whole sex magic scam thing from years prior. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh, you're not coming back here, sweaty. Yeah, you need to go. <laughs> Listen, you sweaty little faggot witch. I don't fucking think so. 
And Casanova's reputation and notoriety preceded him everywhere he went. So he started to have trouble establishing himself. He traveled to Spain where he was less well-known, but that venture was also a failure. In 1774, after 18 years of exile, Casanova was permitted to return to Venice. Upon his return to Venice, he enjoyed a brief period of minor celebrity because everyone wanted to know how he escaped from the previously inescapable prison in the Doge Palace. Mm -hmm. But his return to Venice was a disappointing one. He had few acquaintances left in Venice. His mother had died in his absence, and he returned only in time to be at the deathbed of Bettina Gozzi, the girl with whom he'd had his first sexual experience. She died in his arms. As a younger man, Casanova... Yeah. As a younger man, Casanova had been attractive. He was over six feet tall with an aquiline nose and very dark skin, but age and smallpox and a life of hard living had started to wear on him, and he no longer had the same pool of willing sexual partners that he'd once had. So I'm going to send you a picture of Casanova at the age of 63. Not you saying willing. This is going to be gross. Homeboy got smallpox? Oh, yeah. Everybody got smallpox back then. Uh, Fuck. So this is what he looked like Smallpox, in his 60s. Like, does you dirty. Oh, wait, that's not it. That's the wrong what one. What the fuck am I looking at? <laughs> that's like, the, the wrong one. What am I one. looking at? Sorry, <laughs> ignore that. I'm like, that's, is he, is he sucking a frilly fabric dick? <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah, that's for later. Kinda, I'm gonna, I hope this doesn't awaken okay. anything in me. <laughs> shut up. I'm going to send that to you later. <laughs> that's for private time. <laughs> Ew. How is that? Oh. I'm sorry. How old is he here? Do we know? 63. Roughly? 63. Yeah, nobody's hot at 63. He's a little bumpy. Well, not back then, anyway. Yeah. So he's 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 not he aging well. They, they didn't smallpox him too much. Yeah. It is still an illustration, so it's still like a uh, an idealized version of what he looked like. Yeah. Mm. I'm like, all these little blackheads on his face, though, and I'm like, oh, no, wait, Kaylin, they painted him. <laughs> and i'm like let me get you a bite biore face mask sir (laughs) though to be fair like um patches uh which is those dots you're talking about they were usually actually made out of silk uh they were very often used to cover like um smallpox scars and things Mm. oh ew when they came in all kinds of uh different shapes and stuff i'm so glad i don't have smallpox me too One's in the chat if you're glad you don't have smallpox. <laughs> Two's in the chat if you want it for oppression points. <laughs> <laughs> Casanova's business ventures in Venice were limited. He did some spying for the government. He published a Tuscan-Italian oh, translation yes. of the Iliad that did modestly well and made a few more publishing attempts, including a satire poking fun at Venetian nobility, that once again got him exiled from Venice. <laughs> this, is, this is amazing. He's like, well, <laughs> this hustle culture. That was good. Like, he was like, help so himself. I have a small business. I'm a writer. I'm a podcaster. <laughs> His Twitter bio was like, was wild. It's like smallpox yeah. yeah. survivor, like canceled. Yeah. It, you de- he definitely would have been like 
his his Twitter name definitely would have been like punished Casanova, like one hundred percent. Yeah, he was the main character <laughs> every week. <laughs> he he had like a tweet that was like, "God, I'm loving my time in Venice," and like the official account for Venice <laughs> commented, "Don't get too comfortable. <laughs> we got some news for you." <laughs> Uh, so from from there, he traveled back to Paris, where he met Ben Franklin, and <laughs> on to Vienna, where he met uh, Lorenzo de Pont, uh, Mozart's <laughs> librettist, and and most most likely he met Mozart himself. There is some evidence that Casanova maybe even um, advised on some of de Pont's libretto for Don Giovanni, which is um, kind of like ironic or like fitting or whatever, because that's um, it's a it's a it's an opera about a womanizer who goes to hell. Nah. I'm like, it's not ironic nah. if you're stupid. Like, if I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. It's it's about a Casanova. <laughs> okay, I get it now. Thank you. <laughs> I was sitting here like, yes, it is. Ma- Mandy, Mandy will never say it. Mandy will 100% laugh along. I also get it. I will. Whereas I'm like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm in on the I'm joke. I'm like, I'm excuse the fuck Because I'm me. an empath. <laughs> I'm an empath, so I could just feel that it was really funny. <laughs> I could feel the yeah. irony. I, I'm like, uh, and I'm like, <laughs> I could feel it. I could, I could, feel I could it coming really through. feel the irony, like in my, in my like throat chakra. <laughs> In my in my four humors, the irony was like really penetrating. Wow, that's so that's so Aquarius of you. <laughs> Let's just say stuff. I'm a Capricorn. <laughs> Isn't that just our it's podcast? So Let's just say stuff. <laughs> Let's just say stuff. The podcast where we do. <laughs> In 1785, at the age of 60, Casanova accepted the humble position of librarian to Count Joseph Carl von Waldenstein at Castle Dux in Bohemia. He hated it. Castle Dux? Dux, D-U-X. Oh, Dux. 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 Uh, Not Castle (laughs) Dux. Quack, quack, motherfucker. The place where it is is now called Dukesov, so I think it's Dukes. Um, okay. He he Dukes hated off. it, and he fought with the other castle staff frequently. In 1789, at the suggestion of his doctor, Casanova began writing his memoirs as a cure for his own melico- melancholy. I like that, like, his doctor, like, he was, like, I'm his- depressed. <laughs> and his doctor was like, why don't you, like, I don't know, go do something about it like his doctor was like monetize it yeah monetize it (laughs) (laughs) and his doctor was right make it your side hustle sweaty (laughs) in a letter to a friend in 1791 Casanova said that he wrote for 13 hours a day laughing all the time Psychotic. Like us working on our scripts. Okay, like no, me. that that sounds like us editing an episode. Actually, yeah. I tried. <laughs> I tried yeah. to edit this last episode at the pool, and I was literally laying by the pool with my iPad, like trying to conceal my laughter because <laughs> there was a girl trying to like sunbathe beside me, and I'm just like laying there, like. <laughs> And how do you explain that? She turns to you. He's like, what are you laughing about? Like, um, a gay guy with a lot of frogs. <laughs> <laughs> what pleasure in remembering one's pleasures, he wrote. 
it amuses me because I am inventing nothing. Um, he was like, I think that I'm fucking hilarious because I'm so fucking legit. Like, yeah. I don't even need to make something up to be so fucking. He was like, I'm, it's funny because it's <laughs> original. True. It's funny because it's true. It's mm-hmm. literally funny because it's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Casanova's first draft was completed in July 1792, after which he set about revising and redrafting his memoirs. The draft that still exists today is incomplete, Ooh. finishing mid-adventure <gasps> and mid-sentence somewhere around 1774. Mid-sentence, mid-sentence oh. is so hot. Yeah. Ah, that, that, that gets me. <laughs> I hope that doesn't amazing. awaken anything in me. <laughs> Just ending all of our scripts now, like mid-sentence. Honestly, it's... For the intrigue. It's so iconic that I assume the leftist cooks have done it. Maybe. Oh, probably. They might have. That seems like something they do. <laughs> In 1797, Casanova received word that the Republic of Venice had been invaded and dissolved by Napoleon Bonaparte and that his home no longer Ooh. existed. Uh, this seemed to rekindle in him a desire to return uh, to his what was formerly Venice. Uh, he was planning on a trip when he fell ill from a kidney infection. He died on June 4th, 1798, at the age of 73. He was buried in Dux, Bohemia, now Duxov, Czech Republic, but the exact location of his grave is lost to time, which is all very sad. Is it? Um, but let's let's talk about the sex stuff now. I'm like, is it sad? I'm pretty sure he was a rapist. I'm like, I think I'm good. Like, I legitimately think I'm okay. Kaylin, Kaylin, we're going to talk okay, about that okay. now. Um, Casanova's memoirs detail sex with over 130 partners, mostly women, but also a few men. Mid. Famously, his actually kind of mid. Like, right? I'm sorry. Like, even the, like, the way I had to converse, I, I did not have to have this conversation. My boyfriend was not like, What's your body count? But I was like, So for like several years, I would just like hook up with like two to three random guys from Grinder every week. And like now it's like in the <laughs> hundreds, and I don't know any of their names or remember any of them. <laughs> and I was like, mm. But I mean, Casanova's is really cool, too. He's just so great. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, for the longest time, he was known for having, like, a big body count. But even, like, most Casanovists nowadays Casanovists. Like, his numbers actually aren't that <laughs> impressive. They're like, I've met more people than that off of yeah. Tinder. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, hookup culture for has, like, time. really put him in his place. Like, nah. It makes sense when you account for, like, sexual inflation. Yeah. Sexual inflation. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that sexual inflation <laughs> has gotten really up there. Like 100, 150 partners back then is like 600 <laughs> partners now. <laughs> Famously, Casanova's favorite aphrodisiac was a meal of oysters followed with hot oh. chocolate for dessert. It was allegedly like, like the drink for getting like a, a woman hot chocolate. In bed. The way yeah. my stomach yeah. would be throwing up in itself, <laughs> like the the fucking oysters sloshing around in like a soup of hot chocolate, and then chocolate. Oh, <laughs> ew! Uh, despite the number of sexual partners and sheer volume of words in his memoir dedicated to his sexual escapades, according to American Casanovist Tom Vitelli, quote. 
Casanova would have been surprised to discover that he is remembered first as a great lover. Sex was part of his story, but it was incidental to his real literary aims. He only presented his love life because it gave a window onto human nature. Vitelli adds, He was an inveterate seducer, and his interest was never purely sexual. He didn't enjoy being with English prostitutes, for example, because with no common language, he couldn't talk to them. (laughs) Casanova's interest in sex was sort of one facet of his interest in pleasure as a whole, a pleasure that was pleasurable because it was designed to be shared with one's partner or partners, and a pleasure which encapsulated art, philosophy, food, fashion, and fucking. Uh, really, really <laughs> just touching all the bases. All the important things. The four main food groups. <laughs> That's the food pyramid of needs yeah. or whatever. <laughs> Maslow's yeah. hierarchy of needs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like fashion, food, fucking, and what was the other one? Feet? Yeah. But fucking is at yeah. the top. It's just like it's, right. top, of course. it's just yes. like your daily yeah. fats. You just have a yeah. little just bit. A little you bit. have a little bit. It's mostly <laughs> the bottom is fashion. The bottom is fashion. <laughs> Being a, a lot fucking of fashion. icon. I'm just a little fucking. <laughs> to quote Casanova, cultivating whatever gave pleasure to my senses was always the chief business of my life. Casanova was also one of the earlier proponents of condoms, encouraging his sexual partners to use the bulky early versions of condoms. Oh, well. Um, so I'm gonna, oh, my God, yes. I'm going to send the image that I accidentally sent earlier. Is that the picture you early. sent by accident? Yeah. Here, I'm yeah. sending it now. I hope you don't think it's it's unsexy if I slip this sheep's <laughs> over my dick. So this picture... <laughs> This picture is... Oh, my God. Not them blowing them <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah. Inflating them. <laughs> it's literally him uh, testing oh a condom. Oh, my God. It's, it's showing his his partners that, like, you can Look stretch at them. Look cross legs. The- <laughs> okay. Sorry. Everybody, I need you to zoom in on the heels. What the <laughs> fuck is... It looks like AI drew these. Like, what are these these crimped heels (laughs) so for our listeners that can't see this right now we're looking at a picture it's like a little drawing little black and white drawing you have two men one seated one standing who are blowing into definitely condoms as three women look on enraptured and they're like whispering each other like look at him blowing up his condom ah like that's what we're seeing right now (laughs) yeah it's it's literally an illustration of uh, Casanova and others uh, testing condoms, uh, like showing that they can inflate and not be broken. Um, and yeah. So in spite of all of this, uh, Casanova was not a woke king by any means, and his sexual liaisons mm. were not always <laughs> consensual. Uh, I mentioned e. I mentioned how as a young man, Casanova and his fellow musicians tricked a woman into performing sex acts on them by saying her husband was in trouble and could only be saved if she did sexual favors for them. This is coercion, which is so fucked up. a form of sexual assault. Yes, it is. Casanova and this same group of young musicians would play other pranks quote unquote, like making sex workers mm. submit to admittedly brutal sex acts and then leave without paying them. Fuck you. That is also a form of coercion. Oh, fuck off. Not you who's. So yeah. rape. So rape. But it gets worse. In 1743, Casanova and the musicians kidnapped a young woman and took turns oh. gang raping her. In his memoirs, Casanova recalled that the woman enjoyed her, quote, happy face. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. And it still gets worse. 
In his memoirs, Casanova occasionally professes a penchant for underage girls, some as young as nine. Ew. And some of his sexual partners were underage. Oh. This was unusual even for the time. Mm-mm. In the early 1700s in England, the average age of recorded marriages were around 25 to 26 for women and 27 or 28 for men. Uh, so like They'd even back then, people in uh, in parts in the parts of Europe where he was... Nine has... Mm-mm. Nine has never been the age. No. I think like, like there's this misconception. It's, it's at least been like post puberty, but yeah, I know what you're saying. There, there is a misconception. Still, People fucking like, nine year old. Different back then. It's like based on what? Based on your vibes? Like there's a misconception because for some wealthy families uh, and and n- members of the nobility in particular, yeah, they, they, would they would have buy. arranged marriages yeah. between teenagers. Um, but those, like, when, when, when you heard... Teenagers is not When you nine, heard, like, like, of a 13-year-old marrying a much older man back then for, like, members of the nobility, the marriage, like, problematic though that is, the marriage would not be... Um, w- consummated for consummated. several years yeah like um so yeah, like yeah. there's this misconception that like oh like it was normal like it's still but fucked it, up, it actually but like, was not normal and and it yeah. was actually far no. more normal to get married in your mm-hmm. late 20s at this period of time this right, was right. the enlightenment yeah. jesus like, yeah jesus christ casanova also wrote of having thank you for saving that to the end so that we could have a little fun in I'm this still episode going. oh god yeah, we got no. More. Don't. Oh, it, it's not over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got we've got uh, several more bullets. Casanova also wrote of having purchased the virginity of a thirteen-year-old girl from her mother. When the girl resisted, he beat her with a broomstick and returned her to the mother. Jesus. In seventeen sixty, Casanova allegedly mm-hmm. also bought another thirteen-year-old in Russia, who he used as a sex slave for a time. In seventeen sixty-one. Casanova set his sights on a girl around 16 or 17 years old, but before he could seduce her, her mother revealed to him that she was actually his daughter. Oh, my God. So Casanova had an incestuous menage a trois with mother and daughter where he congratulated himself for leaving the girl intact. No. Years later, he went back and had sex with his daughter, resulting in a pregnancy. Oh, To quote Amy Collier in a guest column for the HuffPost, in lauding him, we erase the stories of women throughout history who were not empowered to write memoirs of their experiences and haven't had museums dedicated to their memory. They became footnotes in his story. Their perspectives warped through the eyes of an abuser. Outside of court documents, we will never hear their real stories. But when we restore the full meaning of Casanova's name, when we remember the truth about his abuses, we begin to give the women who survived them the recognition they deserve. This is so fucked. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that people are like, you're a Casanova. Yeah. Like he's a regular Casanova. It's giving like. That should be considered an insult. Yeah. Yeah. Just like. Consider that a fucking insult. Okay. This is exactly like when people are like, listen, I'm no mother Teresa. Yeah. Or like, I'm like, listen, I'm no Gandhi. (laughs) Yeah. Like. (laughs) It's like, I that's good. I don't torture children. Yeah. yeah. That's um, literally, oh my God. And that's kind of that's, what Amy Collier was, was arguing for is like, let's return the, yeah. the name Casanova to its full <clears throat> meaning, which is rapist and abuser. I am such a hater a now. Rapist. I am such a fucking, a fucking yeah. hater now. Every time I ever see that 
that name come up, I'm going to launch into a rant. That's like, so I just heard somebody call an alligator a lizard on a podcast <laughs> and I'm mad about it. Like, <laughs> I'm going to lose my fucking mind. Uh, I just, I'm just like, for your a second daughter. there, I'm like, oh, you thought that was your, you didn't know that was your daughter. Okay. Like you fucked around a lot. All right. And then it turned into, oh, you had a menage de trois with your fucking daughter and you, okay. Yeah. And you've been pregnant. It was just, it was a series of horrible things that just kept getting worse. I At first he patted himself on the back because when he had a menage a trois with mother and daughter, uh, he, he didn't penetrate her vaginally. He did other things, but then, like years later, years later, he went back and impregnated his own kid, and then he did. Yeah. So, like, fuck you. Ah, that's so. so how old was nasty. he when that happened? Do you know? Um, it was well, seventeen sixty seventies or something, right? It was seventeen sixty one, um, and he was born in seventeen twenty five. Seventeen sixty one. Okay, so that was like seventeen twenty five. Thirty six. Thirty six. So he was young. So I was earlier on in his life. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. But she was still however old she was. and Yeah, she was like 16. His daughter. So yeah. like. That's so fucking gross. Yep. I don't like. I don't like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this this podcast makes me feel bad. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Respect the Dead. You can follow Respect the Dead on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Respect the Dead. If you want to follow us individually, you can find our socials in the show notes. And you should check out our YouTube channels. We don't shit on dead people there as often, but still, we're making tons of cool stuff. If you enjoyed Respect the Dead and would like to support us, there's a couple of ways to do that. You can give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you found us. If you leave us a review, we can read it out on the podcast. Reviews are the best way for new listeners to discover the show. Give us at least five stars and then share us with a good friend who likes venting about dead people. You can also give us some money over on our Patreon. Patreon supporters get some cool bonus content like bloopers from the cutting room floor and even coming up with a fake sponsor ad that we'll read in an episode. It has to be a fake business though, not your MLM, honey. Thanks so much for listening. Join us every Monday for our next Worm Feast. I'm Kellen Conrad. I'm Ailey Mandy. And I'm Hoots. Bye. 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 Bye.